Hi there, everyone. Welcome to the Average Football Pod. Now, this is a little bit of a special one, as this is a review slash preview of this of the games of the weekend that happened last week, or last weekend just gone, and also the games that are coming up in the midweek this week, because we've got a lot of Premier League games. There's also some games going on around Europe as well, so I'll be talking about them as we as the podcast goes through. So, let's discuss what happened at the weekend. So, the weather played its part in some of the games, delaying the Man City game at half-time. Also, uh, or postponing the Burnley against Spurs game, which Sean Dyche seemed really overly happy about in his um, little shirt and stuff. So, there was no cope for him. But, um, there we go. It's, it's, it's what happens in November, December. It's very unlike. It's very odd to see a Premier League game being suspended or postponed. Actually, in this day and age of under soil heating, but um, there we go. It still happens. Uh, so uh, we're going to talk about, as I always do, uh, when it comes to preview or reviews of the week. Talk about the first game of the weekend, which was uh, Newcastle and uh, Arsenal. So um, Newcastle is still without a win in the current Premier League season. Uh, they're the only team in the English top flight in the top four leagues, as in Championship League One, League Two, that have not won a game this year or this season. So they are really struggling. Um, I think this was always a tough game for Newcastle um, against Arsenal. Arsenal been playing really well this year. So it's always going to be a tough, tough game to do. So um, my sympathies was with them. And um, I do feel that maybe this was a game that maybe playing defensively might have been more beneficial for Newcastle. They played quite attacking football from what I was hearing and they just got caught out by uh, a better Arsenal side at the moment. Arsenal playing well uh, other than last week when they lost to Liverpool. So the goals that they conceded against Liverpool, they sort of got back really and back to their goal difference um, after the weekend. Um, Newcastle got a really tough game coming up and we'll talk about that later on. Um, but there we go. That's what happened. So Newcastle's opponents for today, this is Tuesday, this is recorded, is Norwich. Norwich got a great nil-nil draw. It's, it's weird saying great nil-nil draw, but we'll talk about Man United Chelsea in a bit as well. Um, against Wolverhampton, who were, who were sick for the start of the weekend um, and playing really well and playing attacking football. So for them to get a draw against a very attacking Wolves team only gives them confidence going into this game. Um, really, and Dean Smith has already made noises about um, wanting to um, be the party poopers of the of the day of the game. Really, so, so it seems like they're going to go in and really try and upset Newcastle's rhythm going into this game. Newcastle really need to start getting into winning ways, and really need to start sort of showing that they're going to be out of this relegation fight. Really, because. January's literally four weeks away, and as soon as the transfer window opens, they're going to be linked with so many players over the next four weeks, which could disrupt and unsettle some of the players potentially if their um, if their positions sort of um, in in sort of jeopardy with new players coming in. Uh, will Newcastle go for permanent, or will they go for loan deals? No one knows. Um, they are going to be in a really awkward situation if they haven't that would by january do you expect by the end sorry by december do you think they've they've at least won a get couple of games by december maybe sort of giving the teams above a little bit of an issue going into january with new deals coming through but who knows we'll have to wait and see um 
other games that uh, Steam Gerard's Villa picked up another victory against a very confident Crystal Palace. Um, very lovely 2-1 win again for them. Uh, it was nice to say, see Eze back on the back on the pitch with Palace. He came on as a sub. Um, he wasn't expected to be back until mid next year. So for him to recover from his uh, ruptured Achilles tendon by now was incredible because he was really on on a really good run of form going into the end of the season last year and to the point that he was going to get an England call up for the Euros and be in the uh, provisional side um, so it was really unfortunate for him the timing of it so hopefully his injury problems are behind him and uh, he can kick on for the rest of the season and it gives Palace a little bit of extra impetus up top really with him Zaha uh, Edward and a rejuvenant Benteke at the moment, who um, who I've said previously is scoring goals and um, seems to be. So um, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully that will give them give them a lot of confidence going into this game or going into the game against Leeds tonight. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he plays if he comes on as a sub. Um, they've got a lot of things to do now, so that'll be. Hopefully, Vieira's team will kick on and uh, get back into winning ways against Leeds tonight. Who got a good draw against Burn uh, Brighton? Um, didn't play well first half at all. Um, Junior Free Pro got absolutely done over by Lamptey in the first half. They came a bit more solid in the second, and I think with Leeds, they were lucky that Brighton just cannot score and cannot finish. So um, they've got a really tricky game tonight, and we'll talk about that later on. Liverpool got a lovely, emphatic win against Southampton. Um, Liverpool seem to be wanting to try and rack up as many points as possible before January because that's where they lose uh, Salah and Mane for the African Cup of Nations, which um, Klopp has seemed to upset Af the African nation by saying it's a little tournament, but he didn't mean it as it's a small, meaningless tournament. He meant it in the context going, there's a small there's a little tournament going on in africa as in um it's just a little bit of a pain in the backside of this tournament it's not a small tournament it's a big tournament it's a huge tournament and it's fascinating watching it if you've never watched africa nations i do recommend watching it when it happens because um there's some interesting games and some interesting refing and interesting bookings and interesting um yeah, it's interesting. It's very, yeah, it's a very interesting tournament, to say the least. So, very entertaining. Very, very entertaining tournament. So, I'd highly recommend watching it when it starts in January. Um, going back to the Brighton Leeds game, Brighton fans randomly booing Brighton as they came off the pitch on Saturday night. Very odd. And Graham Potter's reaction to that was genius by saying sarcastically that he needs to have a little review of the club's history, which... It was a little bit of a dig at the fans a little bit, saying, you know, this is, we're sitting ninth at the moment. We've never been this high in, in the top division. So, and you haven't been this high for a while. So why are you booing? So um, personally, I don't think it was at Graham Potter. I think it was generally at the, it would have been directed at the attacking threat that Brighton showed because some of the chances that Mulpey missed were scandalous and a better striker would put them away. And I feel in January, that's where Brighton will go after will be going wanting a clinical striker. They're going to have to pay some money for him, that player, or get him on loan. But that's they just don't have that ruthless edge with Mopay. There was a miss that he made in the six-yard box, which he 
it was so scanned the sea missed it. Like I would have took him off straight away from that point. It was just such a bad miss. So um definitely needs confidence boost or maybe someone else needs to come in and just take the stress off him, maybe. I don't know. Um Lamptey looked great coming back again, so that's a good positive and plus for Brighton. Um and also Brighton looked solid. They kept another clean sheet they're not conceding goals and there's a lot talking about their expected goals their xg which brighton have brighton's xg is incredible when you look at it and they should be outscoring teams but they just are not clinical enough and they just need to find that striker whoever it is or wherever they've come from so maybe they need to search the championship a little bit more and go for a a, a clinical striker there or Look in France or Germany or um, one of the low. I don't know, somewhere like that. They need to be a, a clinical striker out there for Brighton, which will do them well. Um, on the other game, we had... Well, the other games in the weekend, we had uh, Claudio Ranieri coming back to the King Power, uh, only for Jamie Vardy to celebrate in front of him after he scored two goals. Uh, that was weird, very odd, but that's Jamie Vardy all over. So there we go. That's That was entertaining to see him do that. It was just... A, a weird decision for Jamie Vardy, but there we go. Jamie Vardy is Jamie Vardy, and people love him for that. Uh, it was great to see Madison get back into the score, get back onto the score sheet again after having a few issues and with form and injury. So I think that's something that he's just trying to find again some fitness. Uh, he scored uh, in Europa League as well, so that's um, something that they needed. Leicester needed that win at the weekend just to get them back on track into a bit of a bit of form and. Um, a bit of positivity as well, because there was certainly some negativity coming around the last few weeks after the Chelsea and Arsenal games in particular. They weren't great in them, and they hadn't won a game since middle end of October. So there needed to be some sort of kickstart for Leicester, and now going into the winter, going into January, this is what they need and want, really. Uh, the main game on Sunday was Chelsea against Man United. It's a very average game. Chelsea dominated, which I think everyone expected. Uh, United was very defensive. Again, I think people expected that. I don't think Michael Carrick's getting a lot of credit for picking this side and doing the tactics he did. Um, it seems like there's a lot of sceptics out there saying that uh, Ragnick had a little bit of a say in this match and say in the, in the game. But listening to Mark Chapman on the Athletic podcast and also on BBC last night, he was saying that with people that he knows close to the club, um, Michael Carrick was in, was the sole man for that match. And I feel that he should have got some credit for it. But it seems like that's not the case. It seems like he won't get credit for that performance midweek. Uh, sorry, at the weekend and dropping Ronaldo. Um Chelsea need the Kaku back by the looks of things, and I I think he'll start against Watford uh, tomorrow. And um, they just need him getting back into scoring, get back into form, because um, Werner has some chances, and also the chances that Rudiger had. He's a he's a central defender, striker, midfielder would have scored it. A defender scoring it is another issue. It's it was a technical, a really technical, technically a hard strike to hit. It seems like the most interesting thing to talk about after the match was um, the post-match on Sky with uh, Roy Keane and Jamie Carragher going at it with Jimmy Foley Hasselbank sitting in the middle. If you haven't seen it, check it out on YouTube somewhere. Uh, absolutely hilarious because um, they're both agreeing on the same points that they're making, which is very odd and it's uncomfortable watching because you just 
feel that maybe Dave Jones, the presenter, should have got involved in it a little bit earlier. Uh, it did seem like one of them was going to jump over the table at some point and sort of throttle him, each other, but it, it, it was fascinating. Absolutely fascinating telly and um, definitely worth to watch if you haven't seen it on YouTube. Okay, right. Uh, we're going to talk about some games around Europe this weekend as well. So uh, in Italy, we'll start there. Juventus lost again to Atalanta. Um, that's not helped them at all after their loss midweek to Chelsea. Um, Napoli... Um, putting Lazio to the sword on Sunday night with Dries Mertens scoring a couple goals. I think it's second goal is something that you should look out for and check it out. Absolute wonderful strike. First time hit. Absolutely incredible. Um, really took Pepperino out by absolute shock, really, by the... He took the strike so early. Very good strike. Uh, not a great return for Sarri back to Napoli, unfortunately, for him. And not a great performance for Lazio by all accounts. There was a lot going into this match and thinking it was going to be tight. But Napoli have just flexed in the muscles a little bit after um, Osserman's, um injury as well without him. So Napoli have had to adapt and play a different way with Mertens coming back. Sort of coming back at the, at the right time really for him because he's been out injured. Uh, Milan lost to Sassuolo at the weekend as well. So they've lost touch on Napoli. Um, Sassuolo beat Juventus and Milan this year, so they could be a team that could push me, possibly push the Europa League this year. They won't possibly, they're not going to get into Champions League, not good enough, but definitely look out for them for the um, Europa League places this season, definitely in Syria. Um, but with Napoli beating Milan into one and and uh, Atalanta beating Juventus, it just brings everything a little bit closer together now as well in the top four. In Spain, Xavi's Barcelona got another win. Uh, Last-minute goal, as well, last five-minute goal they got there as well. Um, just boosts them up a little bit in the table, but still not pushing too high up in Champions League positions. Uh, Real Madrid beat Seville with an 87th goal from Vinicius Jr., which I said on Friday was a little bit disappointing for the league, really. I think the league needed Seville to win. So with um, Real Madrid winning, it's... Um, it sort of put a little bit of a dent in the league a little bit because now they're four points ahead of Milan. Uh, sorry, not Milan. Uh, Atletico Madrid. I do apologise. Wrong league. Wrong league, wrong country. Because uh, Sochi dropped points as well this weekend as well. So, um, you know, unfortunately, I just need Real Madrid to go for a dip in form. If Antelope can win the league this year as well with Real Madrid, that would be a fantastic achievement for him. And also getting back into winning titles as well for him because he hasn't won a title since his days in Munich. So um, I think he just needs this little confidence boost for himself more than anything. In Germany, uh, Haaland came back from injury against Wolfsburg and um, scoring. Uh, that's his 14th goal of the season, um, which is incredible considering he's missed a month. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen beat uh, Red Bull Leipzig. Uh, I'll say Red, RB Leipzig, sorry. Not, not Red Bull. RB Leipzig. 3-1. Uh, um, but unfortunately, the league is sort of just between the top two teams of Bayern Munich and Dortmund. So if you look at the league, uh, there's Leverkusen's on 24 points and Dortmund on 33. So the gap is quite big between second and third this year. And um, you've got the big game coming up this weekend, which I'll preview on Friday between Dortmund and um, Bayern Munich. So the Das Klassiker is this 
Saturday, so keep an eye on that. But we'll talk about that on on Friday when I put the new pod out. Um, in France, Pierre Saint-Germain won three one against an Etienne. Um, Neymar twisted his ankle quite severely on um, Saturday. Horrible injury. Last five minutes of the game, uh, he seems like he's going to be out for a few months, uh, for at least a couple of months. Um, so that will be a little bit disappointing for him. Uh, Messi is now World Player of the Year as of yesterday again for the seventh time, if you haven't heard. But he um, assisted three goals for all three goals for uh, Paris on um, Sunday against Etienne. So good result for them and just puts them further and further ahead in the league um, where they've got Nice this week. Uh, sorry, midweek. They've got second place Nice on Wednesday. So that should be a good game to watch if you're looking for some European football to check out. Um all right, let's talk about the games midweek then. So, midweek, we've got today, you've got Norwich against, uh, sorry, Newcastle against Norwich and Leeds against Palace, which I've already talked about. Uh, fascinating games, all on Amazon Prime in the UK, if, you, if you're based in the UK. So, they're all on Amazon, all these games, all throughout the week. So, you've got multi screen view, so you can watch whatever game you like at whatever time you like at the same time. It's going to be, it's lovely watching it on Amazon sometimes. Um, on Wednesday, you've got Watford Chelsea, a bit of a London derby there. So Claudio Ranieri going back to his old club, one of his old clubs because he's had so many of them. You've got West Ham Brighton, which is a very interesting game where both teams, um, West Ham will bounce back from their really disappointing loss against Man City. Uh, Brighton want to show that they can actually score goals because, um, there's a lot of criticism. There was a bit of criticism from the fans, so they want to go into this game and prove, and especially the strikers will probably want to go and prove that they are Premier League quality and they can score goals for Brighton. Uh, you got Wolves against Burnley, where uh, Burnley hadn't played on Sunday, so they've had a little bit of an extended break, which is a benefit for them, I guess. Um, Wolves want to get back into winning ways after losing to Norwich. They'll be really disappointed that they didn't beat Norwich um, on Saturday. And you got Southampton, Bur- Southampton against Burnley. That can't be right because that means there's Burnley playing twice. So Burnley can't be playing twice because that's just not right. That's not that's unfair. So I'm looking at my notes that I've written down. So bear bear are second callers. Uh, okay, so you got West Ham, Brighton, Wolves against Burnley, Villa against Man City, and Everton against Liverpool. Where's Southampton on my list? Ah, Southampton, Leicester. There we go. Southampton have Leicester. Sorry, let me just correct that. Oh, dear. Right, so this game, a few years ago, if everyone remembers, this was the 9-0 that Southampton lost to Villa against Leicester. So if this was this would have been a Sky game or a BT game, guaranteed, because the, everyone hopes that this is going to be the case. So this might not be... This won't happen again, because last game, it never happened. So um, there we... So, again... Um, Southampton will bounce back from their 4-0 loss against uh, Liverpool and go back into winning ways because they haven't won in two. Leicester beating Watford mid uh, at the weekend will go into this game really confident, scoring four goals. Um, will Jamie Vardy, Jamie Vardy score two, which is great for anyone that plays fantasy football because Jamie Vardy is always that player that you must have in your fantasy football because he scores goals. So definitely worth a watch if you can watch it or if you want a flick. You've also got Villa against Man City, where it's Steven Gerrard's first game against one of the top six. And 
he'll relish this game after um, winning two games on the bounce, playing Pep Guardiola's Man City. Um, good news for Man City is that uh, Kevin De Bruyne should be back after his little COVID break. Uh, Phil Foden should be back fitness-wise as well. And also, uh, it'd be interesting if he's, if Jack Grealish features in this game as well. He's suffering with a bit of an injury, so will Jack Grealish come back to his old club? And also, it'd be interesting to see what reaction the Villa fans give Jack Grealish. Hopefully, it'll be a positive one. Um, because he didn't want to leave the club. Um, he loves that club. And also, when you get offered 100 million for a player, you've got to accept it for in Villa's standpoint you have to accept it so um hopefully the villa fans will give him a nice reaction a nice um nice welcome back but i can't see that happening for some reason i don't know why but we will see then you've got the big game on wednesday night you've got everton versus liverpool now everton are really struggling at the moment they haven't won in seven so um so there's a lot of unrest at the moment with Everton. I didn't realise this until yesterday that um, Everton Everton fans are unhappy with a how Everton are playing, which is slightly understandable because when you don't win in seven, it's understandable. Um, there's a little bit of angst angst against um, Rafa Benitez, but I think that's due to his Liverpool links anyway. Um, I don't when when Everton were looking for a new manager at the summer. I don't really think there was any standout candidate for him. Eddie Howe might have been the option. Um, Tim Gerrard was never a guy. Frank Lampard is not good enough for Everton. I don't think Everton fans would have been happy with Stephen Gerrard uh, with um, Lampard either. Um, I just don't know where Everton, what Everton fans want. Uh, Everton have spent a lot of money. I understand that. And um, they've spent £500 million in the last um, four years, making them the sixth biggest uh, transfer spend in cl- uh, sixth biggest club spending in Europe, which is incredible for what they've spent and the players that they've received they've not been great, not been great players, so um, Klopp has come out of this game saying that he doesn't like the game this game, he says it's too physical so expect him to be a little bit standoffish um, going into this game tomorrow night. Um, I think he won't be happy with the physicality of it. I think Everton will be physical as well. Um, really sort of trying to upset Liverpool's rhythm. So I can see that definitely happening. Um, yeah, I, I think there's going to be a lot of um, bad blood after last year's game as well. With Van Dyke getting his cruciate injury as well as ACL injury. So is there a little bit of tetchiness going to go hand there in corners and stuff? Will he sort of bulldoze Pickford or something like that? There's going to be there's going to be something happening in this game. I feel Liverpool need to make sure they keep on track. So, so Liverpool will need to keep on track so they don't lose out to Chelsea at the moment, who are playing really well, and don't want to sort of lose that because uh, with them playing Watford this weekend or this midweek. Sorry, you think that Watford won't give them that much of a test, and Chelsea could easily do what Liverpool did to Watford um, so Liverpool will need a positive result out of this game definitely and same with Everton it'll be interesting to see where what Benitez and where Benitez stands after this game as well because um, if Everton don't get a positive result I think there'll be a lot of Everton fans baying for blood and his head as well so um, definitely interesting on Thursday was Spurs against Brentford so another little London derby there Spurs will be well rested from their game 
being postponed against Burnley, which I think is a positive for them because Burnley would have been physical. So it's a positive for them. Um, gives Conte a little bit more time to work with um, the Spurs players as well. Uh, Brentford will be buoyed over the fact that they played well against Everton um, on Sunday. They looked really good and they're very attacking and some just made some of the decision makings weren't that great. But um, Tony's penalty was, if you haven't seen it, watch that as well. Fantastic penalty. Very nonchalant, very casual, very easy, very just great penalty taker. Um, and Spurs, you're looking at Harry Kane potentially kicking on some form and wanting to get some back into the goals in the Premier League as well. And then you've got the big game on Thursday, uh, Man United against Arsenal. Um, a game that goes through the years, history, 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 Wenger, Ferguson, Ferguson, Wenger, all of them, like bad blood between them two clubs. Um, it should be a fantastic game Thursday night. Um, Ralph Radnick will be in charge from United. Uh, it'll be interesting what side he puts out. It'll be interesting to see what tactics they use. There is a lot of things going on with that club, which... Um, from United's perspective, sounds like it's positive, which is unlike United and thoughtful because Ragnick's in charge for the, for the rest of the season and yet he stays in, he stays at the club for two years being a consultant. So whatever manager United get in next will be in the mould of what he would like to see United play and also the mould that he wants to play. So it could op- it's going to open up some interesting options in terms of managerial choice. Um, and also in terms of structure of coaching and stuff like that. So United could be on a very interesting trajectory at the moment. So that'll be interesting to see. Arsenal, um, hard team to face, I think. Very hard team for his first game. Um, we, they're being really good defensively, which is unlike Arsenal over the last few years. A uh, little bit of a blow for Arsenal. Saka got injured um, at the weekend. But then you've got Martinelli coming back and scored a goal. Uh, again, the Bamiang Smith Row um, all playing well. Ramsdale looking solid in the goalkeeping position as well. So it could be a very, very interesting. It's going to be a fantastic weekend, uh, midweek game of fixtures this week. And um, all brings a little bit of narrative for the following week as well for the uh, weekend fixtures. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. So. That's the end of the pod. So I'll be back on Friday for the preview of the weekend uh, fixtures. Uh, just talking about the classica as well, as well around Europe and any other big games that are going on. A uh, little mention of the, um, I, forgot, I forgot to even mention this at the weekend. It was uh, Copa Libertadores final against uh, Palmeiras and Flamengo, two Brazilian teams. Uh, Palmeiras regained the title. After again, if you hadn't watched it last year, Palmeiras scored a last-minute goal in extra time last year for the Copa Libertadores. Uh, done the same again this year. And there was some awful, 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 awful play-acting diving. If you haven't seen some of the decisions in that, it's or um, play-acting in there, I, I go, please go have a look on Twitter, YouTube, any of the highlights if you can. There was one moment where the referee tapped one of the, I think it was a Flamengo players, or it might have been the Palmeiras, uh, it must have been, it was a Palmeiras players, tapped him on the back, and the player went down like he'd been shot. And it's disgusting. And I want that player suspended. He should be suspended. Players like that should be suspended long term. They shouldn't, they should not be playing football like that. It's disgusting. But I, oh, it's brilliant. 
funny, really funny. And you'll see some of that in the African Cup of Nations as well. So I'm not just saying it's just South American that does this. You'll see that in South America. You'll see it in the Cup of, um, African Cup of Nations in January. Again, half the reason to watch it. Fascinating. Some day challenge in the African Cup of Nations as well. So go back to that later on. Right. So that's the end. Sorry about that, guys. Tangent a little bit, but I hope you enjoyed it. So enjoy it, guys. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the midweek fixtures. And I will see you again next on, sorry, on Friday. I do apologize. Right. Have a nice time. See you soon. Bye.